0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David, we finally got some white smoke. We, we have a decision made. Jared Williams, the offensive lineman out of Houston, he's going to use his final season of eligibility at Miami. Um, we've been waiting on this news for a while. Initial reaction. What's your takeaway besides you're glad
1: this is finally over? Yeah. I mean, this is our second emergency podcast for Jared Williams committing <laughs> to Miami, right? So that's fun. But no, it's, it's good that he finally went public with it. Um, we've kind of been in wait and see mode. You know, we're, we're going to get into it here deep on a deeper level, but I think outside of Derek King, this could potentially be the biggest addition to the team this this offseason for this 2020 year um you know i think this is a big time get i don't think i don't know if they get him without derek king So it so that kind of shows you just how important it is getting a stud quarterback in your program you know obviously they did have ties at houston and so that helps as well but uh, jared williams certainly had plenty of options Garen, justice showed his ability to win a big time recruiting battle. And, you know, again, we'll get into this later in the podcast, but Manny Diaz keeps executing his plan to a very, very high level. I'm impressed and you know, I'm intrigued. We'll see how it translates into the season. Um, quick, quick, quick
0: things. Thank you for everyone who subscribes to the podcast and rates and reviews it uh we really appreciate it It allows us through these emergency podcasts on sunday night um so quick commercial short one on the other side the backstory on how jared williams ended up picking miami okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, David, so you kind of teased it. We've This is the second emergency podcast we have recorded for Jared Williams. That's because like two weekends ago, we were actually expecting him to announce that he was – Going to head to Miami. So um, if you guys read inside the u.com Miami.247Sports.com, you know for a while I've been saying there's some moving parts to this whole thing. And here's the situation. I, I, I guess it was two weeks ago, maybe it was three weeks ago, uh, Jared had informed the people at Miami or multiple people at Miami that he was going to transfer to Miami. That's where he was going to use his final season of eligibility. Well, once uh, there were some, I, I don't even really want to call them reports, but, you know, there was some, some talk on social media making the rounds that, that Jared had made his decision, and he was not about that. He did not like how um, it, how that came off, I guess I should say, so he kept Miami thought he was, I think it was Memorial day weekend. They, they thought he was going to announce it at some point. And then I kept hearing, you know, it was Monday then it was Tuesday. Then it was Wednesday. Well, then it was maybe Friday and then maybe it was next Monday. And, um, Miami had felt pretty optimistic and good throughout that entire time. I mean, the kids yeah. said he was coming, but I think, I don't know if he thought he broke trust with, with the hurricanes. Um, just cause those, those reports had come out or, or what exactly? Um, but my, I mean, Miami wasn't sure in, until he made some announcement that this was actually going to be his decision. And that and that goes on with recruiting all the time. I mean, k- kids can tell kids you know a school one thing and then go and do the other. So Miami right. felt good, but they knew Baylor was in there. Uh, Baylor's obviously where his former high school head coach is, is now on staff, Joey McGuire. Uh, that was an, also an option to stay in state. Uh, Florida State was very involved. Um, And then Miami, I mean, Miami stuck with it and they got probably, I mean, I don't know if he's the best offensive lineman that was in the transfer portal, but he's probably a top five and we know how bad the offensive line was last year. So kudos to Miami
1: for getting this thing done. Remind us who, you mentioned Baylor, who else did Miami, you know, Manny Diaz, Garen Justice beat out to land Jared?
0: Well... You know, I was hearing it was it was Miami and Florida State, like that was that was the battle. And then I know some of the people in the Baylor media said what I was reporting was false, or I don't know. Um, I, I think Baylor got a second kind of wind in the recruitment once. Um, you know, uh, that that whole Twitter fiasco kind of went down. So it was FSU and Baylor. They definitely wanted him, and then and Ole Miss was also involved. I, I think he's got a former coach that was there. UM USC, Indiana. I mean, all these teams were actively trying to get him. And honestly, if he was in the portal a lot earlier, I wouldn't be surprised if there were others. Like Oklahoma took a graduate transfer lineman as well. So, I mean, Miami battled it out with some, some big dogs. And, David, aside from like Jalen Hurts, has Miami missed in the transfer portal? Uh, I mean, I'm right. sure there's a few guys. But, like, it seems when they, like, sink in and lo- – <laughs> They haven't really lost.
1: No, it's impressive. I want to ask you, too. I mean, I know it's early. We're still in kind of the first impression phase. But Miami fans should probably be excited about the work Garen Justice has already done. Fair to say?
0: Absolutely. I mean, Garen, from my understanding, played a huge role in this recruitment, played a huge role in the Isaiah Walker transfer So you gotta be feeling good. I I think it's a complete 180 from what we saw in Butch Berry. Uh, I will say though, I mean, it was this wasn't all Garen, uh, from my understanding. Uh, Edwin Pata, who's you know on the recruiting in the recruiting department, he's really stepped up his involvement with some of the offensive line targets he, he deserves some credit Rhett Lashley obviously has deep ties to the Lone Star State having come from SMU he was involved Stephen Field was in there so it was it was really a group effort and it's it's big I mean let let me ask you this let me throw it to you yeah. do you think he's a a starter I mean I, I know we've gone over at length this whole yeah. pro football focus numbers but, but I
1: mean where do you pencil him in week one against Temple? I project. So just a a recap, I guess, first of what Jared has played at Houston. He was primarily their starting right tackle the last two years. Uh, He, he graded out really well in 2018 in particular. So 2019 he had a season ending injury. He he played in four games and then an injury kind of knocked him out of action. So 2018 Kind of like De'Ara King, 2018 was his last full season at Houston as well. Uh, in 2018, Jared Williams was their starting right tackle. He had a pro football focus grade, pass blocking grade of 80.8 for the entire season. Um, that's really good. Miami has not had a offensive lineman grade that highly in, in pass blocking in a very long time for a whole season. Uh, For that year, Jared was credited with only allowing two sacks, which, of course, is a very low number. You look at how he played against Power 5 competition. In 2018, they played against Arizona and Texas Tech. He did not allow a sack in either game, and he allowed only two quarterback pressures combined in those games. Last year, in 2019, uh, Houston played against Oklahoma, and Jared played right tackle in that game as well. He did not allow a sack against Oklahoma. He did allow three quarterback pressures, which, you know, that's that's fairly normal when you you play a quality opponent like Oklahoma. So, you know, all this is to say I think if you're projecting where Jared fits on Miami's offensive line, yes, he's he's played right tackle primarily in his college career. I think at Miami he's Clearly going to be their left tackle. He's not like when you look at him body type wise and skill set wise. If you watch a little bit of film on him, he's really not your like prototypical right tackle. You know, typically those right tackle guys are kind of really stronger guys, uh, really good at run blocking, those kind of guys. Jared honestly is is kind of a longer, athletic, light on his feet type of offensive tackle that, in my opinion, that athleticism, that skill set, set, translates to left tackle. Now, why didn't he play there at Houston? We've talked in the past, uh, we've mentioned it, that Houston had a very good left tackle uh, the last few years, and I believe his name's Josh Jones. Um, Yeah, he's in the NFL. Yeah, he got drafted in the third round this year in the NFL draft by the Arizona Cardinals. So Houston had two very good offensive tackles. Uh, they went Josh Jones on the left side, Jared on the right side. My feeling is, you know, and again, it, th- there is typically a process that an offensive lineman has to go to go through somewhat when they change sides. But, you know, from the film you see on Jared, He looks like an athletic guy. I think he'll be able to figure it out. And so I honestly project him as being their starting left tackle this year. Do you agree?
0: Yeah. I mean, um, I could see him. I I, I could definitely see him there. I mean, I don't know who's going to uh, move where, but I I think one of the reasons why he's coming is he's been – I mean, I, I, this is me speculating. I, I don't know if yeah. this conversation has been had, but I would assume he was told he has a very good chance uh, to start. And you never know. I mean, who knows what happens when when he shows up on campus. We all thought Tommy Kennedy was going to be yeah. uh, the answer. And I, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, like, Jared Williams is a completely different prospect than, than Tommy Kennedy. But I, right. I, I think maybe maybe left side, right side, who, um, who kind of knows. But, look – Miami needed to improve this line. Uh, gave up 51 sacks last season. They they returned their top six players, and they've added a uh, a guy that has plenty of experience. I mean, not a ton—13 games. And then who knows? What if Isaiah Walker is eligible? So um, it's yeah. a good it's a good plug and play. I, I will say more. Kind of on the recruitment thing. Uh, I know there was again rumors and speculation about the admissions process I, I was never never heard anything along the lines of that being an issue I, I do know um miami is essentially counting him forward i know some people want to debate that that term but he's he's going to be kind of counted forward so uh Miami can't really i mean he can't really start classes until uh august i think he can be on campus in, in july or whatnot. Yeah. Some of those other schools that were recruiting him, like Baylor and FSU, I mean, they could have took him right now for whatever their summer A or, or summer B uh, terms will be. So that's also kind of, I don't know if it's notable, but it shows that Miami is also f- fighting a bit of an uphill battle in that department
1: right. as well. So I did I put up a, a quick poll on com just wanting the fans uh, – you know, taking their temperature on what they expect now on the offensive line, you know, after this addition. So I asked, like, what what offensive tackle combo do you want to see in 2020? And right now, as I'm checking, the winner slightly is Jared Williams and John Campbell. Um, I didn't specify left or right in that poll. But then I and I put another poll, which offensive tackle spot do you expect Jared Williams to play at? And left tackle is winning overwhelmingly. So just uh, it's interesting. I, 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 if I were answering, I would probably go Jared Williams and John Campbell as well, just because some of the the chatter we heard coming out of that one week of spring football in March that Miami was able to get in was that uh, Garen Justice was pretty impressed by what John Campbell was doing. John was actually working at Left Tackle that week. Um, and so, yeah, I think, so th- basically the word was, Garen was very impressed by John. He was wondering why he, you know, essentially wasn't the Left Tackle last year.
0: Well, um, is, that, is, that, is that where you start with question number one? I mean.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. We, I, I threw this out there in the first emergency podcast we did. Um, which no one will ever hear. No one will ever hear, but I'll bring this topic up again. Um, I think, and again, this is me speculating. I'm not saying this conversation is going to happen now, but if I'm Miami, I approach Zion Nelson and say, Hey Zion, you know, this might be, we, we played you too early last year as a true freshman. It was almost unfair. Yes. You started Yes, you battled, you played your best. Um, We thank you for that. But let's be real, you still have a lot of developing to do physically and with your technique. And the best thing for your development long term is for you to take a red shirt this season and come back as a better player in 2021 and compete for the starting left or right tackle job that year. you know, I, I I like this. And
0: right. initially I was like, Ugh, I, I don't know, but you got to realize, man, he can play in four games.
1: Right. I just think, and you know, when you talk to Zion about it, you bring in Zach McLeod, you bring Zach McLeod into the room and, you know, Zach McLeod, I'm sure sees the benefit now of taking that red shirt that he took last year, even though last year, I'm sure that was extremely difficult and hard for him to do. Um, you know, Again, I think there is talent with Zion. There's something there. It's just it it needs more time. And right. right. It was it was really unfair to him, I would say unfair to the team to put him in that position last year as a starting left tackle when he, you know, when he signed everyone expected him to be a guy that, you know, we didn't even have to really think about for 2 years. Um, right. So Again, I think this Jared Williams edition, not only is it good for this immediate 2020 season, I think it helps the development of the line, too, because, you know, I've talked about in previous podcasts how Miami is in a rut with playing freshmen and redshirt freshmen quarterbacks. And someone on the message board brought up smart, you know, I got to give them credit. I, for, I forget which poster exactly it was, but they said, you know that's kind of also happening at offensive tackle um, with Miami as well, and I think there is some truth to that. So, you know, Miami. This is a chance for Miami to get older at that offensive tackle position immediately and in the future as well um, by potentially redshirting Zion Nelson.
0: Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to get into before? Uh, yeah,
1: I think we. I think we need to just touch on. Uh, Manny Diaz. And, you know, again, I feel like we keep saying this, this offseason, but I think it bears repeating, like the guy, the guy is doing everything he can to put Miami in a position to win a ton of games this year. And look, no one can, no one can excuse him from 2019. The results were the results. I think Manny Diaz would be the first to tell you that 2019 was not good enough, but he has gone to work. He's attacked this off season. He has addressed every single issue Miami had from a personnel standpoint from the 2019 team. And let's be real too. Like the positions he's landed in the transfer portal aren't rinky dink positions. They are the most important positions, in football, he got a quarterback, Derek King. He got a pass rusher, Quincy Roche. He got a, I would argue, a left tackle in Jared Williams. I think you could also make the argument, he got the three best players in the transfer portal at those positions. It's up for debate, but the fact that it is debatable is impressive. And then two, you know, you, we overlook special teams all the time, but Miami upgraded the kicker situation and we all know that You know, kicker probably cost Miami a a game or two last year. So, again, this thing is ultimately going to come down to results on the field. But look, Manny Diaz has not been complacent. He has attacked the issues. And ultimately, what more could you ask for from him if you are a Miami Hurricanes football fan? I know I'm excited to see how it translates into the 2020 season when it really matters.
0: Well, I'll put it like this. Um, I mean, we know how the Florida game went, but if you you have to feel a lot better about Miami right now, if yeah. heading into Week One than you did, kind of last season. And, and again, like you know, it's hindsight's twenty twenty and, and whatnot. But um, they 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 have set themselves up to win. That is one hundred percent like the right. truth and and we'll see. I mean either it's going to work out or it's not. So there
1: are no excuses and right. you know the results will speak for itself. I'm excited for it. I I'm I'm ready for the football season to hurry up and get here.
0: Good. Well, guys, make sure you check out the site. Uh David kind of teased all those articles that he he had written. Yeah, uh, they got a ton. Of, yeah, a ton of good stuff and I, I'm sure we'll have more over the next few days. Um, the recruiting news isn't going to stop. Romelo Brinson is making his decision uh, on Saturday. I think I'm going to be up in Orlando at a camp on Sunday. So uh, we're busy, man. And, you know, just churning up updates. I just posted something about Avante Williams. So yeah, check it out. Yeah, cool.
1: Out. Very cool. Yeah, stay locked onto the website. Um, you know, news never stops. It's, it's a fun time. And I think the Miami fan base is getting excited for this 2020 season, and and I don't blame them. So thanks Uh for listening. All right, later.